Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 20th is Acts chapter 11 and 12. In Acts chapter 11, news of the Gentiles being added to the faith, receiving the Holy Spirit, is beginning to spread. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party began to criticize him because he had been fellowshipping and eating with uncircumcised men. Peter begins to tell them the story of what took place and the vision that he saw and how the Holy Spirit fell in the home of Cornelius, this Gentile, uncircumcised believer, and how the Holy Spirit was resting on the Gentiles just as he was the Jews. There's this schism that's taking place. If there's a circumcision party, there must have been other believers who were not part of that. And so divisions are beginning within the movement of believers in Jesus Christ. But fortunately, as Peter tells the story of what took place, the vision he had, and how just as he received this vision three times, these men were at his outer gate calling for him. These men who should have never known where he was, except by divine revelation. And so he went with them, and as he was speaking the truth in Cornelius' house, the Holy Spirit fell on all of those who were there. They all began speaking in tongues or different languages, just as had happened on the day of Pentecost. When these members of the circumcision party heard Peter say these things, they became silent. Fortunately, the grace of God was so evident there that people didn't remain divided. Maybe it's because the faith was still so new. This is probably less than 10 years from the time Jesus ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit fell for the very first time on the day of Pentecost, and the church has been growing and being persecuted and so expanding outward to new areas. These people were not so set in their way. They were just trying to figure out their way. And so when Peter shared a first-hand account of what God was doing, it silenced them. And then they glorified God, saying, So then God has even granted repentance to the Gentiles. One thing is certain, they understood that it was God who granted repentance. Many in our religious circles today want to debate whether repentance is an act of faith that is mustered up by people because they realize their need for it, or if it's a divine act by God and in God because His mercy is greater than our depravity. And the truth is, friends, it's both. We have a responsibility as people to turn from our sin continually to daily pick up our cross and choose to follow Jesus and not do the things that would make us feel good or the things that we might prefer to do. Every day we must choose to follow him, to rethink, repent, and at the same time we must depend fully upon God. For any of us who have repented, we can't think of ourselves as more highly than those around us who have not repented. We can't be puffed up in our pride and think that we're somehow better or smarter or in any way more deserving of God's grace than those around us. 
because we're not, we're fully dependent upon God's grace. It is God who grants repentance that leads to life for the Jew and for the Gentile. Verse 10 tells us that because of the outbreak of persecution that began with Stephen's martyrdom, the gospel had spread as far as Antioch and Cyprus and Phoenicia. Now, Antioch was 300 miles from Jerusalem. If a person walked 20 miles a day, it would take 15 days to get to Antioch. But word was spreading back to Jerusalem that the dispersion of Jesus' followers was going even that far. News of this move of God in Antioch reached the apostles 300 miles away, and they sent out a man named Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement. His given name was Joseph, we learn in Acts 4, verse 36. He was one who sold a field and gave his money to the poor, perhaps even inspiring Ananias and Sapphira to do what they did. We also see Barnabas mentioned in Acts 10, verse 27, when Saul came to Jerusalem preaching the gospel, many of the disciples were afraid of him. They still believed that he was the old Saul who was persecuting Christians, and it was Barnabas who went to Saul and encouraged him, then brought him to the apostles and explained how he had had this tremendous conversion experience as a result of meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. We see Barnabas travel a lot with Saul, who's also called Paul in the Bible. And some people believe that Barnabas was also author of the book of Hebrews that we will be reading later in the New Testament that is one of the deepest theological works in the Bible. When Barnabas arrived to the believers in Antioch, he was glad to have seen the grace of God at work in them, and he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with sincere and devoted hearts and large numbers of people were added to the Lord. When Christians gather together with sincere and devoted hearts, they are changed, and they demonstrate their new character and their joy to the world, and the world sees it. One of the reasons that many people in the world want nothing to do with modern-day church is because the church is just like the world in many regards. We must be changed. We must be filled with joy and the other fruits of the Spirit as we are focusing not on the things of this world, but on the things of the Spirit. The world might be falling apart all around us, but if we are focused on Jesus and what He's done for us, we will have joy. It's when we allow our gaze to be fixed upon the things of this world, whether it's current events or weather patterns or terrorism or war and rumors of war or earthquakes in various places, whatever it is that we're focused on that's not God and what God is doing in our lives will draw us to a place of panic and sadness and depression and anger. But when we spend time intentionally alone with God listening for his voice and presenting our requests to him, we will receive the peace of God that transcends all understanding. People will look at us and say, why are you so filled with joy? Don't you read the news? Don't you watch the news? But what if we just listened to the word of God and let him change us? 
and then let our joy be infectious among our community. In chapter 12, we read about how Herod killed James, the brother of John, and he's the first of the apostles to have been martyred. For Stephen in chapter 7 and now James in chapter 12, they were faithful to the end and they gave their lives for the truth. What a transformation that took place in the life of James from the time in Luke 20 when he wanted to call down lightning from heaven to destroy a Samaritan village that rejected the word of Jesus. Also in Matthew 20, where he and his brother asked Jesus if they could sit on his right hand and on his left hand when he came into his kingdom. Now here he is in prison for the gospel, submitting his life wholly, refusing to recant. And because the word says he was executed with the sword, he was likely beheaded like John the Baptist was. When Herod saw that that pleased the people who were opposed to the gospel, he also brought Peter in and had him prisoned. As Peter is bound in prison with two chains, guards laying on either side of him, all locked up with no hope of escape, guards outside of the prison as well, an angel comes. Notice that Peter is asleep. Seems like he's at peace there, kind of like Jesus was in the boat when the storm was crashing all around. Peter resting in prison, chained and heavily guarded, is set free by an angel who comes in the night, the chains fall off of him, the doors of the jail and gate open before him, and he thinks it's a vision until the angel leaves and he realizes he's set free. He goes to the house owned by Mary, who is the mother of John Mark, the people who were fervently praying that he would be set free and spared from certain death in Herod's court, didn't believe it when their prayers were answered. Herod couldn't believe it either, and so he executed the guards who were sleeping while Peter was set free by that angel. The question arises in my mind, was it fair for those guards to be put to death? And I wonder if any of them were sympathizers of the gospel movement. If I were going to be put to death by the government, one for being a speaker of the truth, the other for failing at my job of inhibiting the truth. I hope and pray it would be the former and not the latter. Shortly after these events, Herod is speaking before a crowd, and the crowd is exalting him, saying he has the voice of a god. And because Herod refused to give glory to God, God had had enough, and he struck him dead. The word says an angel struck him because he did not give the glory to God, and he was eaten by worms, and he died. We are all given a choice on a daily basis on how we're going to live out our lives and whether or not we're going to give glory to the God who created us and gave us the ability to do everything that we do. If we have an impact in any way on this world, it's because God gave us the ability to do so. Herod refused to understand that everything he had, his position of authority, his good looks, if he had them, his resonating voice, if he had one, his wisdom, if he had any, everything he had, had come from God, and he refused to give God the glory. He claimed it for himself. He exalted himself. And any of us, when we exalt ourselves, we will be humbled by God. The key to success in 
relationship with God is understanding that he is God, that he's created us in his image, but it's all for his glory. We exist to exalt him. As the Westminster Catechism states, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. May he bless us with humility and greater faith. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. It is an honor and a privilege. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I sell houses. I am a senior real estate specialist and a strategic listing specialist. And I have a team of agents with Call It Closed International Realty. If you would like to buy or sell real property, reach out to me at agentdavidodie.com. If you're a real estate professional and you're thinking about making a switch to a brokerage that will help you take your business to the next level, save some money, make some more money, whatever it is, reach out to me through agentdavidodie.com. It would be my honor. Thank you so much for your consideration.